Hello, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. In case you guys missed um, the announcement uh, during yesterday's episode. Um, so we are locked on, you know, obviously with all, a lot of the sports being on hiatus, you know, um, it's going to be hard moving forward to be doing five shows a week because, I mean, you know, there's just not enough content to go around for five days. Um, you know, I know I basically made it work last week with the bracket. You know, I'm going to try um, to do at least three shows a week for you guys. You know, that's what the mandate has um, been sent down from the higher ups to all of us here for Locked On NHL and for all the hosts, honestly, for all the hosts of the MLB channel, the NBA, um, just everyone except the NFL, which is basically gearing up for the NFL draft. So they still have to do their five shows a week. But, um, yeah, expect three at least three shows a week. Um, I'm going to try to do four, um, five. I'm just not sure if that's going to happen. I guess, I guess there's just not enough content to go around. Um, I was honestly struggling to figure out stuff to talk about today. Um, we'll get to the Mike Sullivan interview today. He finally broke his silence after a few weeks of, um, you know, being quarantined in his house. We'll have, um, thoughts on what he said, you know, I'll give you guys the info, what he said, if you guys missed it on the Penguin social media, um, and whatnot. There was also an update from Darren Dreger today with the NHL pushing back its quarantine date to April 15th, where all the players and coaches have to self-quarantine till. So yeah, but another, basically it's been pushed back another two weeks. Um, it was originally supposed to be what, March 27th. And I think it was pushed back a week and now it's been pushed back another, um, full two weeks. So yeah, folks, this, this season is not getting started for a while. We, we know that, um, and I'm sure, honestly, I'm probably sure that the self-quarantine period is going to be pushed back maybe even until May because, um, like I've just said so many times, I think this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. You know, this may peak in probably the next couple weeks. Um, so yeah, like I said, yeah, look for another announcement for the self-quarantine period, probably being pushed back in the next week or so for probably, um, another two weeks. Also, I um, just wanted to clarify something apparently. So um, people were freaking out. Apparently, you know, the city of Toronto banned all public events until um, June 30th. And everyone was like, oh, my God, you know, this might mean stuff for NHL. But apparently, I'm David Pagnotta. Um, I actually pull up this report here real quick as I type in his name. Oh, my jeez. Um, apparently, so um, Toronto's ban is exclusively for city-led events. This does not affect NHL and NBA stuff. Um, apparently, he said a city executive of the mayor's office told him via email. Um, he was just speaking for city-permitted events like parades. Um, and festivals so it does not affect sports which is good news but still um wouldn't really expect the nhl back uh before june at the earliest uh, with the way this is heading and um you know don't need to freak out all about that you know it's just festivities and all that but you know everyone did because of course toronto um is in the playoff hunt and they will be most likely be making the playoffs if the nhl season um does resume but any case you know we'll move on now to some penguins related content because of course this is a penguin show um Mike Sullivan, as I said in, in, in introducing this episode, he finally spoke out today um, to, I think it was on a Zoom call, to a group of uh, Penguin reporters. Josh Shelley had a really good recap up on The Athletic, if you want to read that. The, the Penguin's official Twitter account also had some good quotes. Um, I'll just read some here on, on what he had to say. He did uh, speak an update on Jake Gensel. Basically, he basically echoed what Jim Rutherford um, said. Um, he said here in the quote that, you know, we'd be thrilled to have him. Jake is a difference maker. I'm stating the obvious when I say that the opportunity to get him in our lineup gives him gives us a more complete lineup and makes us a whole lot more difficult to play against. He also said that it's reasonable to think we would get him back. We're excited about that potential opportunity, knowing Jake the way I know him. He's a competitive kid. He's a tough kid. We're excited about that potential opportunity. So, yeah, basically just echoing the same sentiments that Jim Rutherford said about a week ago with um, the fact that Jake Ensel very well could be returning to the Penguins when the season or if the season um, 
ever starts back up. Um, Mike Sullivan also had something very interesting to say that um, if they were to resume, he thinks that they, I think they would need about like a two week training camp to basically get right back up to speed. As you know, they've already been off the ice for three weeks. You know, they're only really doing workouts at home. And even when the self quarantining period is ever lifted, you know, they'll only be allowed to skate in small groups. They're, they're not going to be like full contact, full practices for about, you know, 40 to 50 minutes, they're just going to be light work. So yeah, just getting those legs back and everything. Um, yeah, I could definitely see why uh, Mike Sullivan would say that. Um, he also said, you know, he talked about the losing streak for the Penguins at the time when um, they were, of course, struggling even before the win against New Jersey. You know, he said there are a lot of circumstances surrounding the bit of adversity the team went through before the suspension of play. You know, a number of returning players, trade deadline with new players. Some players were overtaxed due to injuries. Um, though he also said he liked the direction the team was going. Um, with bringing in the new guys and the returning players, like he did point to the win against New Jersey as, as a side of building traction and building confidence before the NHL had their hiatus. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm glad he actually got some hockey-related questions about how he thought the team was playing and all that. Um, I know, of course, he was going to get a lot of questions about, you know, what he's been up to, which I'll get to in a second, you know, um, what he thinks the league should do. But uh, I'm glad he actually got about questions about, you know, what, like how he thought the team was playing and all that. But... Um, what struck out to me, he had a really, really good quote on Marino and Dumoulin because, of course, they were just coming off their major big injuries. He said, you know, if there is any positive that can be taken out of the suspension of the play this season, it's that guys that are injured or coming off injury have more time to recover. So, yeah, I mean, John Marino, of course, with the facial injury, um, he's basically, he's probably getting close to 100% at this point. He's had off for three more weeks. And besides, it was, I think, three to six weeks um, at the time of the announcement of his surgery. He came back after three weeks. So, yeah, it's basically been all six weeks, so he should be good to go. Brian Dumoulin, yep, more three more weeks at least. I mean, it's going to be a lot more to get that um, that ankle back in shape. You know, Zach Aston Reese, you know, I'm sure he's probably 100% at this point. Really don't know about Dominic Simone. The last that we did know is that he was week to week. Um, it's been, <laughs> I'm going to keep repeating it, it's been three weeks. You know, he'll probably, he's probably okay um, at this point. And then, you know, today marks uh, three total months now since Jake Ensel had his surgery. So um, only one to three more months now for Jake Ensel, as we talked about, but still, um, really good updates from Mike Sullivan. Um, basically, uh, what he's been doing to pass the time, you know, apparently he's been, they have a pool table in their house. He's been playing pool. Um, great game. I have not touched um, a pool table in a long time. I'm also really bad at it. I remember when I was a younger kid, I would always hit the eight ball in. And um, yeah, apparently he's also been learning how to play pickleball. Um, I actually really have no idea what the game pickleball entails. I've never heard of it. Uh, I would love to know what it is. I'm probably going to Google this. Google the game right after I finish recording this to figure out what the heck that game is. Um, also, really, really funny quote at the end. Uh, apparently, some of the media members asked him who his starting goaltender is going to be in the next game if there is a next game when the NHL comes back because that's the, the media's favorite question, of course, with Tristan Jari and Matt Murray usually going back and forth. And he said, yeah, you all know, you all will know, and I'll let you know, as I always do on a game day. Um, cause you, it's so funny really, when you watch those press conferences, he just, whenever someone asks him that, he's just like, Oh, like, do I have to keep answering this? And now when someone asks him like kind of jokingly, it's good that he's kind of like, you know, raising a chuckle at it. But, um, yeah, really good stuff from Mike Sullivan. It's good to hear that. Um, he's, so he's, he's self quarantining. He's keeping himself busy. Um, I, like I said, I agree with him with the two weeks. I think it's probably, you're probably going to need at least a two week little mini camp. Um, you don't need like a, a month of a training camp to get the players back um, in shape. But yeah, I definitely think two weeks is de- which is what definitely needs to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised honestly, honestly if it's three weeks. Um, but 
<clears throat> he said he's also been in constant communication with the league, you know, Jim Rutherford, David Morehouse, the ownership group. So also very good news as well. But yeah, good to see that Mike Sullivan is very, is doing very well. And that, um, yeah, he's just been, apparently, I also really like, you know, he said he's been in constant contact with the coaches, you know, trying to, you know, just be a better coach, even in this time. Um, you know, you never stop working. They're just, they're coming up with new ways, I guess, to, you know, pass the time and talk about what they want to do with the team um, if they eventually come back um, from this hiatus. So uh, I really, really liked that as well. Just want to say in honor of April Fool's Day being tomorrow, if you guys ever come across some really cool pranks that you pull on people, you know, send them to me. Um, I'm always looking to pull pranks on my family, especially my uh, 19-year-old sister, who um, basically will believe anything I tell her at this point. And, of course, just my friends, too. So if you guys come across those, please send them to me at Hunter Hodes on Twitter and at LO underscore Penguins. There's all, I can't wait to see what people um, pull up tomorrow. I know there's totally going to be someone, like one, like a reporter or something, that's going to pull a prank, such as, Oh my God, sources, the NHL is expected to come back soon or the NBA is expected to come back soon. I just, I feel like someone is going to do that as like a sick joke. And um, I'm going to be there for the the ratios because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just going to be um, really, really funny. But for our next thing, um, it's actually a video that I'm going to play for you guys. Um, Chris Letang, um, the Penguins actually um, put out a message that Chris Letang put on his Instagram um, towards everyone. And we will play that right now for you all. Hey, guys. This is Chris Letang from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I've been quarantined since March 12th um, here in Pittsburgh. I'm staying with uh, my wife, Catherine, my son, Alex, my daughter, Victoria, and also my dog, Buddha. Um, we've, been, uh, we've been isolating uh, for, for quite a while. Um, everybody is doing well. Um, We've been enjoying tons of family time. Uh, we go outside, play in the backyard, uh, try to get some fresh air once in a while. And uh, we also uh, try to do tons of things as a family, play board games, um, try to enjoy uh, all the time we got all together because it's pretty rare during a season. And um, obviously I, I'm, I'm missing the game. Uh, I'm missing a bunch of my teammates. Uh, especially the guys I hang out the most, uh, like Sid. Um, we spend tons of time on the road, going to restaurants, uh, um, but we, we, we obviously miss, uh, miss the game. We miss what we love to do, so I uh, can't wait to, to see these guys back. Uh, not sure about Brendan Tanev. <laughs> Might have too much energy for me. Uh, he's bouncing out the wall everywhere. He's, uh, he's quite, the, quite the character, but I um, still love him. So um, I hope you guys are, are, are safe out there. You're healthy. Um, I hope you guys are following the, the rules and, uh, and the guidelines uh, of uh, social distancing. So um, I, I pray for everybody and um, keep it up. All right. So perfect, uh, perfectly well said from Chris Letang there. You know, if he's saying stuff like that, you know, you better well listen. But um did find it interesting though. I did not realize that he would uh, he was still in Pittsburgh. I I know he has. I've seen that house. I've seen that house on so, on his social media before. That he has that off season home in Montreal. I honestly figured he would go up there um, during this, but I guess he's not one of the players that Jim Rutherford alluded to that um, went back for their off season homes. I'm sure um, a bunch of other ones did. You know, wouldn't surprise me. You know, if someone like Patrick Hornquist did, but you know, Chris Tang is quarantining in Pittsburgh. Um, I love the uh, subtle little. Rose that he put on Brandon Tanev. I mean, Brandon Tanev just seems like a dude that, yeah, definitely has full full of energy. Um, nice. I uh, love uh, 
the, the jab kind of at Sidney Crosby, though. Sidney Crosby did say last week that if he were to be quarantined with anyone, it would be Chris Letang because Chris Letang is always in the know and is always hearing things. So um, the, the, the little bromance that they have is just absolutely awesome. There's also a really um, pretty funny video. Uh, Patrick Marlowe's wife, Christina Marlowe, posted a video on her uh, Twitter today, apparently, um, of him, of Patrick Marlowe basically rollerblading in the house, and the tweet was, no ice, no problem, at least someone here knows the rules, and of course that was referencing her son, who was basically like, Dad, you can't rollerblade in the house, but you know, Patrick Marlowe really didn't care, you know, so I'm glad that the players are finding stuff to do that, you know, will pass the time, such as that with Patrick Marlowe. Um, There's also a really good article on um, the Penguins official website um, with Michelle Crecciolo, uh, uh, one of the Pens Inside Scoop people, I wrote an article about how Zach Astronese has actually quarantined with Brian Rust. Um, a lot of really, really cool nuggets in there. Apparently, Zach Astronese has a beautiful new puppy in there. So if you guys would love puppy pictures, uh, please go check out that article. Um, I believe the Penguins tweeted it out um, earlier today. Just a lot of really good content in there. I guess I'll just, you know, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. But um, apparently, he's been staying with Brian Rust and his family for actually the past um, two, three weeks. I'm looking to see what, uh, breed this dog is, but, um, it is probably no more than, um, three pounds. Heck, he, he even made an Instagram, uh, for called Carl the Iggy. So, um, I, I'm going to be sure actually to, um, follow that. Apparently, um, they've been playing a lot of street hockey. Um, one of the quotes Russ said, you know, we've been actually playing a lot of some street hockey. We ordered some stuff online from Dick Sporting Goods and we got on the street and played a whole bunch of street hockey. Um, he said, yeah, the, the, the really funny thing from that story is what, honestly, I'll connect with a lot. I'm sure a lot of you guys, too, you know. You know, when you guys were playing street hockey as a little kid, and you have your little hockey ball, it's like, or whatever color you had, and a car would come by, you'd be like, car, car! And then, you know, they just, you know, they just, they drive past, and then you just have to stop playing and, like, bring the nets up in the grass. Apparently, he's like, yeah, he's had to relive some of those moments, but most of the people that are driving by are basically just delivery drivers from Postmates or DoorDash, so... Um, he said that that's been really funny, but yeah, um, I, I relate to that a lot. I remember doing that when I was like 13 or 14 years old. Um, I know we would, we would have, it would be in one of our cul-de-sacs in my neighborhood, two nets, um, from about 50 feet apart, I would say it was not really a long, um, cul-de-sac basically, but whenever a car would come down and circle around or go into a driveway, you know, we just put the nets up into the grass, uh, stop the game. And then. Um, once it went past and every time it kept happening, you know, we would just go back to what we were doing. So, um, glad to see that he's reliving one of uh, my child or, or a lot of my childhood experience and probably a lot of, um, your guys' childhood experience. If you guys played the game, uh, for street hockey with your friends, apparently, um, at 10 AM every morning, they all play, they all sit down and play a game of settlers of Catan. Um, I have no idea what that game is. I'm actually going to look up that game is right now when I'm recording um, this episode. I'm going to see what in the world this game is about. Oh, good thing Wikipedia is uh, one of my best friends. Um, players take on the role of settlers, each attempting to build and develop holdings while trading and acquiring resources. Yes, folks, it has come to the point on this podcast of Logged On Penguins that I am talking and reading the definition of what settlers um, of Catan is because I have no idea what this game was. But okay, this actually sounds pretty interesting. So players gain points as their settlements grow. The first to reach a set number of points, which is usually 10, wins. Um, so it was basically, when was this when was this game? A stat? Oh, apparently the publication was in 1995. So yeah, basically, uh, yeah, 20, 25 years ago to the day. So that's actually 
Um, pretty interesting. I'm going to have to check out this game and see um, how much fun it is. Hell, I need to start playing some more games anyway. I have a massive box of Cards Against Humanity um, up in my room somewhere, which is honestly, in my feel, like the best game you can play. Um, it, it's a great game to play with your drunk friends. It's just a great game to play um, at any point, whether it's the morning, the afternoon, or night. I mean, even when you're not drunk, even with your family, which is... That's, that's, a, that's a fun game to play with with your family, but... Um, there's also a lot of um, other cool stuff in there that I'm not going to get to where Zach Caspers talks about who he feels like is the funniest player. I'm sure you guys could guess it. Um, he's, I think he's been named one of the funniest players on the Penguins a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, in my next segment, you know, we're kind of going to wing it, but I know I think I have a couple of ideas up my sleeve for what we're going to talk about um, coming up next. So for this last segment uh, for this episode, um, like I said, I'm probably not going to have another episode till Thursday or Friday, but... Um, we're going to bring back the uh, the goal of the day segment, and you know, a big goal in Penguin history. Um, you know, early mo- modern Penguin history for uh, you know this last decade. It could be old. Um, this is going to be from 2009. I'm sure they're going to show the Penguins are going to show this on AT&T Sports Network as they continue their coverage of the 09 Red Wings Penguins series. Um, it, this is from Game Six. Um, of course, don't remember if you guys are listening to this from the Pittsburgh area, they will be showing Game Four of that series. Tomorrow night on AT&T Sports Network, um, I'm still mad online um, that they will not be streaming this uh, to other people that are not in Pittsburgh. Um, and that, yeah, that, that absolutely sucks because for whatever reason, there's no stream for it. And um, my cable provider is not in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm based down in Northern Virginia. So um, that absolutely sucks. But, you know, this is the goal here where um, it's just this is where I, I'm trying to come up with like the proper thing to say here. When this goal was scored, I had a really, really good feeling um, that things would be different. So uh, here goes. The players are there. Lidstrom tangled up with Benetanko. It's laid along to Talbot. Jostled by Erickson. Bet behind for Kennedy. Tries to get front. Seeing Chris Osgood so mad um, <laughs> that uh, dude, that just make, makes my heart melt. Um, but yeah, because before that, you know, it's one nothing. You know, there's still a lot of time left in the third period. You know, you're probably I know at the time I was thinking when I was 11, like, oh my god, the Red Wings still have plenty of time to tie it or take the lead. You know, there could be a lot of heartbreak, just like what happened in the last year's Game Six, where um, they the Red Wings held off a very very late Penguins charge, and it just wasn't enough. But for the Penguins, but um, you just you have that feeling in your head, like is history going to repeat itself? But you know when Tyler Kennedy, one of the most um, unsung heroes of that entire playoff run, uh, scored that goal, and I was just like, "Yep, they, they, they may actually win it this year." And then you know they go on, of course, to win that game with a frantic scramble at the end. I still can't believe um, the puck did not cross the uh, goal line with Rob Scuderi basically playing um, goal as Mark Andre Fleury was so far out of his net. Um, but yeah, that goal was just so huge. Um, just a great play by Kennedy to get it past Osgood. And, and like I said, you know, seeing all these goals go past, uh, Chris Osgood, it's just, it, like I said, it warms my heart. I, I think Chris Osgood is probably one of the more overrated goaltenders, um, of that era. Um, I know a lot of people would say if he won that cup, you know, um, he'd probably be a lock for a hall of fame. Cause, um, I think he would have what four Stanley cups. Yeah, that, that, that is right. Cause he did win in, um, 96, 97, 97, 98. Yeah, that's when the Red Wings went back-to-back. Yeah, so kind of weird that um they went back-to-back in um, the year I was born. 
and the uh, the year after I was born. So that's actually um pretty interesting. But still, for his career, he's a nine sixteen NHL goalie. I'm sorry, but people like to think Thorn, that Chris Osgood is one of the best goaltenders of all time. Oh my God, you know. Four Stanley Cups, he could be a lock for the Hall of Fame. Even with three Stanley Cups, he's not even a lock for the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, with those numbers. Um, well, so I know his goals against average is, you know, a little over two, but I mean, so his 10 years with the Red Wings, 918 save percentage. I mean, that, that's, I don't know. To me, you know, that just, that kind of just screams average to me. You know, maybe I'm an idiot, but, you know, I've always over, um, I've always overrated Chris Osgood. And, and like I said, you know, seeing him, play that Max Talbot goal in Game 7 the way he did, well, the way he looked so small in that, how he looked like a 1980s goaltender, even though um, he started pl- his playing career in 93-94. Um, just, just absolutely hilarious. And, you know, he was he was, he was was just so mad that entire series. Always just throw his stick up top of the net when the Penguins would uh, score. Um, yeah, and he had that... Um, the, the one thing that I will say about Chris Osgood is that he had that really, really cool throwback mask. Um, that was probably honestly the best part um, about his game. But yeah, without that goal, um, I'm not sure what happens because, of course, the Red Wings were able to make it 2-1 to one, um, in that game. So yeah, that was, of course, the game deciding goal. You know, Tyler Kennedy, you know, always always one of those unsung heroes for the Penguins in that run. You know, that Matt Cook, Jordan Stahl, Tyler Kennedy line was just absolutely um, splendid that whole playoff run. And it was a treasure to watch them in the years after that, too. Um uh, but of course, before Jordan Stahl got traded. But um, I think that might do it for this episode of Locked on Penguins. Um, we'll have more stuff coming this week. Um, hopefully there's some more content to talk about because, you know, it's uh, I'm going to have to keep getting creative and coming up with more stuff. But you know what? That's the uh, that's the thrill of it. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if I'm getting boring, you know, with stuff, you know, but just please let me know. You know, just send me a, send me a DM. Tell me if you're bored or whatever. You know, I, 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 I it's fine. You know, I'm not going to take offense to it <laughs> or anything. But, um, yeah, we'll have another episode coming at some point this week. Like I said, Thursday or Friday. And, um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins for some good content. And, um, yeah, we will talk to you guys soon.